Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, examine cinema in all its cultural context and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. Brooke. Jordan. Solomon. Gustafson. And that's it. We got the intro down. That <laughs> was your pitch. Well, look, I mean, we, I, my two things are if we can get our names and introductions out as fast as possible, or if we could hold it for the entire episode. Well, so, I think we need to get them out fast in this app because you have a lot of ground that you want to cover. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think here's the thing is I think this is the start of something new. It Firstly, feels so right to, to be, be here, here with, with you. you. Um, uh, Wow, keep going. Oh no, no, <laughs> you do not want to hear me sing on this podcast. Is that I would? I think we sh- do need to get to the point where you sing on the podcast. Yeah, you're gonna have to give we're me a, a lot. A of Chicago? Money. No, other maybe. I feel like I could choose Chicago. I can actually kind of sing Chicago a little I bit. It's good. It's so. in like a good range. This right. is appropriate since we're talking about a musical today. This is a musical. This is a great musical. This is what I would argue is probably my favorite or top three favorite Disney animated movies. Yes. What are yours? What um, are, who are well, your three? What are the three? What are the three? Well, you know, definitely one of the top three is uh, today's episode. Hercules. Which is honey, honey. You mean Huncules. Ah, you were giving me a look like you wanted me to say it so that you could say that. Like I'm always, anytime I can say Huncules, I'm going to want to say it. Honey, you mean Huncules. He's the ultimate himbo. I think that is what a big discovery of this episode was. Um, Or the movie was. So I mentioned before we started recording that I had something during this episode that I was going to tell you that was going to blow your mind. Yes. Oh my Um, God, I forgot that. I feel like I oversold it, but... I'm ready for my Do mind to be blown. It? Yes, blow blow okay. my mind. <laughs> Hercules and Megara in this movie are the literal epitome of my type in guys and in girls. Holy shit, you're right. Yes. Duh. Good. You look you look appropriately yeah, mind no, blown. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not even mind blown. I'm just like, yes, this makes sense. Like yeah. a nice big uh, Strong soft boy. boy. Yeah, and, and just a sultry, gonna step on your neck kind of you know sarcastic girl yeah i want a girl who you know loves me deep down but is gonna be like a little mean and like snarky to me oh and is God. probably I out of my league this. i love <laughs> meg is not out of your league come on um i'm sorry she's out of everyone's league she's I, an animated character so I've yes i've <laughs> never seen a character animated the way that she's animated it is crazy that is actually something we're going to talk about we're going to talk about because it. i think the animation style in this it got a lot of negative press but i personally really like the animation style i think it's really cool and it's sort of grecian it in is like exact, a very exactly. cool specific way oh um just before we get into it did you notice how Zeus's hair is like icon or ionic column or conic, whatever they? Fuck, oh, what? the swirly columns. Which are those? Um, ionic. Ionic. I don't really know the name. I, I don't remember. Doric, but yes, whatever. The swirly columns that look like scrolls. Yeah, because it's Hercules, his hair. especially yes, and Hercules, especially when he's like a teen, yeah. is all swirlies. It's like his chin, oh, word. his, his ears, nipples. his nipples. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Um, wait, we never did our top. Sorry. Okay. Yes. My top three Disney movies, and we're talking like kind of like old school Renaissance. I yeah, feel yeah, yeah. like the new movies are on a little bit of a different plane for me. I can't really equate them the same way, but my top three are Aladdin, 
Hercules, and then either Atlantis or Hunchback. You love to see it. Love I, to see it. I mean, it. Atlantis is also kind of a bisexual movie. Yeah, and that like everyone is hot. Also, right. that is, I think Atlantis is such a good live action pitch. I would oh, love totally. for them to do that next. Like a smart, there's a way to update and modernize that and make it like a good live action movie. And it, there's so many good characters. And most importantly, totally. they're like all human. Right. So it makes Except it a that, million like, times easier. Guy. He's human. He's you mean human. like the little like he's like a tinkerer? Yeah. He he I on, love I'm, that I'm movie. gonna be completely serious with you. Like that he scared me growing up. Oh yeah. I was definitely a little traumatized. Did this movie scare you at all growing up? Because no. I know like some Disney movies were scary. I so we're both real Greek mythology nerds. Very much and so. And so the minute I saw this movie, I was like, Yes, I love it. I'm into it. It's everything that I want. I don't even know how many times I've seen this movie. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Does it make your top three? It is definitely the top three. It's this, Tarzan, Mulan are the big three. <laughs> what a triple bell. You know, it's the, what a holy trinity. It's not surprising if you look at movies that I like. Yeah. So it there totally it is. totally checks um, out. Yeah. No, it was, those are, those are the big three for me. What was your, I guess, experience? See, I mean, like, yeah, as you said, you kind of grew up with it. So it's not really, you have like a burned memory of it. Yeah. I cannot remember the first time that I watched this movie. Can you? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. It came out in 94. 97. 97. The year I was right. born. Wow. Yeah. Two, uh, a young two-year-old me romping around. Yeah. Loving this movie. Uh, um, so I guess uh, if we're going to talk ancient Greece, we'll just dive into ancient Greece because I think it. it's, you know, pertinent to set the table, you know, put the silverware down, talk a little bit about some stuff. Um, who are your Greek gods and goddesses of love? Like, who do you adore? Okay. Well, Athena is like my number one. Of course. We stan a legend. Um, she's great. She has a good little one second bit in this great. for... You know, at the beginning, baby Herc throws a lightning bolt and she deflects it with her sword. So it's fun. It She's like blue and sparkly. She the has gods a look owl. so cool. Oh, I love their design so much. Is this the much. best design of Greek gods? Because I feel like a lot of them, they're usually just like, like I mean, like Percy Jackson in the movie. We're not going to talk about it. But do not. I don't like what they do with the gods in that. I haven't, I don't know if I've ever liked or like Clash of the Titans. There Has there ever been like a cool representation of Greek gods in movies well, ever? Because this film is animated, they really have the freedom to be like, let's actually take what the gods represent and like, right. Right. make it some fun stuff like poseidon is like a fish man i know in this movie La the lack of poseidon is as poseidon being my favorite god oh, of um, course. poseidon is upsetting i think that is my big you know i have it as a four and a half and i think that is why it's down a half star not enough poseidon not enough poseidon um i'm sure that not you any plot problems this. not any development you know nothing on the film side just poseidon <laughs> just not enough yes. poseidon um i'm sure that you know this but um Athena and Poseidon are mortal enemies in ancient Greek myths. As so. we are. Yeah, of course. I mean, I hate you. I just I, do this to spite you. Exactly. Yeah, we're just trying to tank each other's <laughs> careers. <laughs> we'll do it slowly. I'm just, I'm playing the long game. I'm going to unravel you over like five years worth of episodes. I love You'll this. look back. You, you won't even know. By this. year five, what we, I don't even know what we would be covering, but... Oh, we'll find something. There'll be something. Yeah. It'll be like a decom from 1991 or whatever. Ideal. We should do that like now. In two weeks. Yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. Um, so Hercules. Hercules. Would you want to talk? Should we talk about like the actual myth of Hercules? Yeah. I can give a brief a little, rundown a little because brief rundown. I'm like really nerdy about this, but feel free to jump in. Dive, go into it. So in the original Hercules myth, um, Hades is not the villain. Hades is actually a pretty decent dude in Greek mythology. He pretty much stays out of everyone's business. I kind of feel bad for Hades. I'm not going to lie. Like this, he kind of has like 
he got the worst of everybody. Yeah. Well, movies, especially about Greek mythology, because it's kind of like low hanging fruit, always make him the villain because, yes. you know, he's the god of death, obviously. But in the actual myths, he's pretty chill. Yeah. Um, Hera is the villain in the Hercules story because he's not a full god. He's a demigod. Zeus is his dad, but his mother is a mortal woman. How dare Scandal. Well, this is just, Here's the thing is just Zeus is terrible. I think the moral of the story is Zeus is terrible. God, he's the worst. Like you learn when, you know, you're studying mythology, maybe when you're young that, oh, he's the king of the gods. He's so great. You grow up and learn that he just fucked everything in sight and contributed nothing else to society. Terrible. Homeboy turned himself into a swan. Into a golden ray of light. I mean, it would be kind of cool to become a swan, like on command, but I get. But then you're you a terrible person. Yeah, he impregnated a human woman as a swan. Just let's think about that for a moment. Moment of silence, please. For how swan fucked up woman? the Greeks yeah. were. <laughs> um, did I ever tell you? And since we're talking about fucked up things, uh, my dad tried to name me Zeus. What? I mean, my mom shut that shit down in about. What? My mom was like, "Look, honey." love you but this is never going to happen but it was one of it's was that was one of the like the finalist names that he wanted for me that's yeah. that's a truly terrible name for your child in the 21st century uh bullying i mean look already having been bullied it just would have been worse yeah <laughs> like your child does not make it out of that there's alive. no plus especially zeus like of mm-hmm. all the gods that's I who you're know. gonna pick like at least like you could like athena you could kind of do maybe. maybe also if you want to talk about like the roman iterations those names are right. a little bit more a little accessible cleaner, they're a little yeah. more modern the planets it's just but like if you're talking like i mean i don't know if jupiter Greek would mythology, be a good name but yeah it would be maybe a little better than Zeus. Are, do you prefer the Greek names or the Roman names? I'm more familiar with the Greek names. I mean, same, yeah. Um, I'm an indie kid. I like the Greek <laughs> names. I like the original ones. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to see how they evolved from totally. like, Greco-Roman things. Oh, okay, but let me really Hercules. quick run down the Hercules myth. So We're not going to get tangential at all in this. Oh, it's going to be no, fine. No, no, no. Keep talking about yes. planets and shit. So... Um, so what's your sign? <laughs> keep going, keep going. Yes, yeah, sorry. So Hera is the villain in the original Hercules myth. Um, she is terrible. Mm-hmm. She's the worst. She's always getting in people's business. She's the goddess of marriage. So she hates infidelity. And Zeus is literally the most cheating yeah. every day of his life. And so that works out terribly. But Hercules' story is very tragic. He's blessed with a superhuman strength with a demigod. He has to do some twelve labors. Oh, what a bad life to for him. sort of like. Try Try and win back Hera's affection. He does all this different stuff. It never works. Eventually, she makes him go crazy and he kills his wife and all his children and yep. then blinds himself um, in penance for what he's done and wanders the earth blind until he dies. Kinda but then he becomes that. a constellation, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So good you know, for him. He has a good life. That's fine. It's really tragic. Have you ever wanted just to wander blindlessly like throughout the earth? I feel like I'm just thinking about this now. Did you realize how many Oedipus references are in this film? I only caught one. Are there more? There are like a couple. I don't want to like get into it, but there is, I just have it on my notes. When Phil takes Hercules to Thebes, they basically just dive into like the fires, floods, monsters, and disasters, which is a great bit where they're like, oh no, it wasn't this. This was worse or was it after this? Um, But that was like after Oedipus married Jocasta. Like Ah. that was one of the first ones. Uh, when Hercules spends the day with Meg. That's the one uh, I caught yeah. when they go to the play. Right. The Oedipus thing. Like, man, I thought I, I had, had problems. problems. kind of love to see it. It's but funny. There are like a lot of good, deep Greek myth jokes oh, in this. I wrote down all of like the real 
deep cut do you have do you have like a number one off the bat Um, my number one is when meg is talking about how like herc is such a wonder boy and he's like and she's like i can see through that in a peloponnesian minute snap it's the best it's the best i think what we're discovering is throughout this podcast that we enjoy those zingers so much because jennifer's body's essentially we are done so established on that yeah yes um, I mean, there's so many good sort of like modern humor bits in here. A too. lot of 90s references. Yeah. Um, I saw the one that you wrote down, your favorite Which reference. One? IXII. Oh, somebody call IXII. <laughs> um, Hades fire burning on the dance floor. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, that is maybe one. I think that joke will never age. I think it's perfect. Like, I think any sort of thing to Roman numerals is timeless. Yeah. I forget about it every time. It's and then it so shows good. up. And I was like, did they do anything with Roman numerals? I don't remember. But somebody call it IXII is a classic. really it's excellent. A yeah. Um, do we want to talk a little bit about how this movie came to be? Yeah. Let's do. Yeah. Let's set the table a little bit more. So this is coming off the tail end. If we're in the Disney Renaissance, this is, I think, having grown up, I think for me and you, even though I saw more movies growing up, I think, were you familiar with like the Disney Renaissance probably growing? Like were these movies you could, like yeah. what was your relationship with that? I was not as obsessed with Disney as a lot of kids because I had never been to any of the parks or anything like that. But sure. I've pretty much seen every Disney Renaissance movie cool. at least once. So this is like coming off the back end of Pocahontas and the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> Real two for two. two. <laughs> great light movies. And I think that the bat that the fact of that is established that this movie they wanted to quote unquote like lighten things up. Um bring it back so, for the kids. Exactly. And so in nineteen ninety two they had 30 artists, writers, and animators all pitching ideas for potential animated features with two minutes uh to pitch things. Damn. Which is crazy. Like the thought of that uh a lot of anxiety comes out from me yeah give me an ip driven children's movie in two minutes and with like all of the traps and trimmings of what makes an excellent disney movie wild that's crazy yeah no it's crazy so this guy joe hadar first pitched like the whole idea of hercules they worked on it for a while nothing really happens and then the two kind of big guys of Disney animation at the time, Clements and Musker came on. And these are the, the guys, boys. The, you know, they did Grace Matt Detective, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, this, and then eventually Treasure Planet, which was kind of the one that they all wanted, like the one that they were building towards. Yeah, that was like, they were like, we'll do whatever you want. Just let us do Treasure Planet. And I mean, then it was so unsuccessful. It. But I love Treasure Planet. It's cute. It's basically one of a kind, like one of a piece with Atlantis. Those are yeah. like, isn't this when they moved into sort of like more boy centric? Yes. yes, they were like animated movies. We need the action movies for the boys yeah. and the princesses for the girls, which is uh, a little heteronormative if you ask me. And let's be real, like Mulan was the direction they should have gone, dude. Seriously, but um, then they came back and they did Princess and the Frog and Moana. So you know, two bangers. So it was just like the middle was a little iffy, um, but they came on for this. Um, obviously. They got rid of the whole Zeus uh, impregnating a human woman part. Yeah, they really smoothed out all the rough edges of Greek mythology. They really did. You know, they kind of American history this. Yeah. Um, so they were inspired by a lot of screwball comedies. Preston Sturges, Frank Capra, which is one of my favorite eras of movies. I think that... Yeah, that's amazing. It is weird having read that. I never knew that back then. And now coming back to it and seeing that that was a major influence for them it makes sense that i like those movies a lot yeah definitely some screwball comedy vibes in this i feel like it's a lot in the character which is why this movie is good and stands out because 
even the main characters are super interesting. Right. Usually you have like kind of a boring guy and kind of a boring girl and then all the side characters are fun. But this, it's like just stacked top to bottom. Everyone is colorful. Yeah. Exactly. Um, And so they had like Hercules was pitched as Jimmy Stewart and Mr. Uh, Smith goes to Washington with Meg being modeled after Barbara Stanwyck and the Lady Eve. Love it. And the Barbara Stanwyck and the Lady Eve may be one of my favorite female performances of all time. Like that movie is incredible. And her like real like rereading that now and having rewatched the lady eve within the past year it all mm-hmm. makes so much sense totally um so yeah so they came on all of this happens um there's a lot of interesting animation stuff that we don't need to dive into the nitty-gritty about like who was animating what and you know all that sort of stuff we can drop it in as needed exactly but Love one a good of my, fun fact one of my favorite things was the, just the, on danny devito i think we'll get into hades but a guy named Red Buttons auditioned for Danny DeVito and he didn't, or for, for Phil. <laughs> for literally the character Danny DeVito. Exactly. Though. And he just goes, quote, I know what you're going to do. You're going to give this part to Danny DeVito. The directors and producers then immediately approached Danny DeVito at a pasta dinner uh, and signed him on for the role. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you would be stupid not to. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's literally him. Like this role is built for Danny DeVito. It's perfect. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you, what would, did you have like big takeaways from like the pre-bro that you want to dive into? Because I think like a lot of it is like the character stuff is super interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that so I am definitely sort of I like the Disney movies that deal with historical stuff or sort of fantasy stuff more than kind of like the classic fairy tale. Like I said, um, even though Aladdin is a fairy tale, it's kind of like cool and non-mainstream, obviously, until they made the movie. Um, But, you know, same with Hunchback, same with Atlantis, these sort of like a little bit more obscure things than, you know, the Hans Christian Andersen fairy tales that we're used to. So I think that's why I'm so drawn to this one. And it's sort of like they had run out of fairy tales and we're looking for more stuff to do. Mm. Um, I think it's, this is kind of outside of the Disney princess canon too, because I Meg don't, should be a princess, she should though. be, yes. but I don't think she's included in kind of like the official mm-hmm. lineup, um, which is a mistake because she's the best. The best she's of every single, greatest. yeah, no, incredible. Yeah, definitely a great role model for, for young or women. Anyone. Yeah. If we really want to talk about good Truly. role models. She's incredible. Did you read about, so Susan Egan who voiced her. Yes. Um, she had kept auditioning after she got Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. She kept auditioning for Disney roles and didn't get them, didn't get them, didn't get them. And then she auditioned for this and Alan Menken, who I adore. And I was like, one of the Kings, a great guy. He tells her, he tried to block her from the role and said that they needed someone who's cynical and a smart ass. And I'm sorry, but Susan Egan defined, like that is who she is. So when she got it, she basically was like, fuck you, I did it. Yeah, I cannot imagine anybody else in this role in terms of like voice performance it's great voice performance super iconic like she's delivering every line with just perfection and this is a character that could really easily be unlikable and honestly pretty annoying yes but you love her um it is i think that is an interesting point with the voice performances and that um I feel like there was this change that has happened when they started bringing on celebrities to voice things versus, I mean, it kind of started with Robin Williams Mm -hmm. who gave an incredible performance. Well, yeah. The thing is that Aladdin changed so much for Disney, both in terms of like, okay, we need some big names and also Mm -hmm. the idea that like funny sidekicks were an absolute must for every single Disney movie. Because before that, you look at the fairy tales, it's definitely not as prominent. Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, even Beauty and the Beast. There, it's not. It's not maybe so you have Gaston much, and LeFou, right. but it's it's not so ham-fisted. There's not a lot of bits going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always think about Hunchback, which is like. 
like this very self-serious sort of like historical, almost too dark for kids movie. But in the middle of it, you have George Costanza as a gargoyle and it's just weird. Absurd. Yeah. Um, no, that is so bizarre. It's yeah. weird that they made that film. I know. But attaching, like you were saying, attaching celebrities instead of kind of like traditional voice actors. Right. And you um, can, t- I think you tell the difference. Like I would rather watch something where you have a classically trained voice actor giving a great performance versus just a celebrity who you bring in for a day. Totally. But I mean, you have the, the, the Tom Hanks thing when he defines a character. So it's, it's a tight rope to walk. There are definite exceptions to the rule. And like, you definitely have big A-listers that are giving incredible voice performances here and there. It's, it's totally something that happens, but it is sort of, I mean, you know, shark tail is kind of the ultimate example of like, they just take whoever they want and then they build the character to basically look like whatever animated version of the actor they want. And then the actor just plays their persona. Right. Like Martin Scorsese fish. Yeah. Or Angelina Jolie, sexy fish or Renee Zellweger, like klutzy fish fish or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I kind of love shark tale. Oh no. We're never covering that film. Uh, It's blocked control. Um, If we're going to talk about like casting, I think it is pertinent to talk about Hades because I think that is kind of where a lot of our discussion may come from. Oh yes. Hades is the center of our episode today. Uh, Our blue flaming I don't want to say king, but god of the underworld. Yep. Um, first things first, James Wood, t- terrible person. Uh, cannot stand yeah. him. Uh, really despicable uh, on Twitter, beliefs, everything about him bad. Not the best. Uh, great fucking performance. He kills it. <laughs> the idea. So apparently, I mean, I'm sure you know, but um, apparently Hades was originally written as sort of a more self-serious kind of like what you would think of like typical greek mythology brooding god and james yeah. wood was like no 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 he's a fast talking car salesman and some, i want to like works. throw out zingy one-liners left and right i think that this movie would be much much less fun if hades was just kind of like a boring serious guy yeah if he was straight yeah literally if he was a straight man and i think i mean we're that is where we're gonna get into like the queer coding and basically unpacking all of that but it is the thing is like if he played this so straight and so self-serious and you know it would not be fun or if he was interested in dating bag or anything like that if it was a weird love triangle or something like that would be so much worse it is crazy that one michael keaton auditioned for this insane which would have been a very different performance but i really like the idea of it yeah um john lithgow also as we have mentioned before off mic having recorded all of the lines of dialogue which is crazy i mean how would you feel if you recorded literally an entire movie's worth of character dialogue and they're like oh sorry we actually like are not going to use you at all uh scarlett johansson in her oh yeah (laughs) yep i guess it happens more than we think it probably happens a lot and it's like not reported on especially in animation it's so easy to replace that stuff but a couple days in the booth yep hades was apparently based off jeffrey katzenberg wait what uh the founder of quibi uh but who so he was a disney animation like you know overlooked all like the renaissance essentially um but he was out in 94 to establish dreamworks with geffen Mm -hmm. which we're going to be touching on the next episode which is wild oh yeah Um, um, we'll talk about it. But so he was out at this point and apparently some of the Hades mannerisms and behavior was based off what Katzenberg was like in the office, which is kind of fun. I think that's pretty fun. I'm sure the animators got a kick out of it. Oh, I'm sure. And honestly, this character really works for the, you know, animated Hercules version of Hades. Right. Of course. Yeah. 
Um, and the last, I think, Hades thing that we need to touch on is that DeVito wanted to get Jack Nicholson. Yo. And then they approached Jack Nicholson. And they were like, look, we got 500000 for you. How do you feel about this? 500000 a lot of money. For 1997. I would take that in two seconds. Um, Jack Nicholson counters goes, you know what? No, uh, between 10 to 15 million and also 50% of the Hades merch on the back end. That sounds about right for Jack Nicholson. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And uh, of course they said no. Obviously. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. I mean, like good for him for knowing what he's worth. Um, Mm, But mm, that's a lot. But honestly, I mean, I respect the balls to be like, no, sorry, 10 to 15. Million. And then they straight were like, no. I wish I could do the quick math in my head of what 500 to that 10 million or 15 million is it's as a time. Times 20. Well, like, what the fuck? 20 times. That's crazy. Like, have some range. Anyway, that's hilarious. I think we're about ready to jump into, like, actual plot. plot, plot I just yes. want to say, I don't know if you know this fact, but um, the muses, very central to Huge. this movie and, like, storytelling. Um, The Spice Girls were originally approached you to love- play the muses. <laughs> I mean, Which I'm glad they crazy. didn't go with them oh, because I feel like yeah. this was the better choice, but I kind of like the idea of the Spice Girls. Yeah. I mean, I am always surprised that the Muses weren't like a pre-existing group. They're just like five really gorgeous singers. Yeah. Um, but I mean, totally. It makes f- sense for them to be like, okay, five girls. Who we got? Who are the big ones? Yeah. Spice Girls. I wonder what they're going to do for the new one. I like really hope that they don't do a band and that they bring on the same, like the, the idea of bringing on five separate singers and having them sound beautifully and diverse enough I in that sense is so cool. Definitely what's going to happen, especially because Disney is now so star driven, like yeah. maximum star power is five separate, really like iconic, amazing singers together. So who probably Jennifer Hudson is one just because she's in every single music ever well do we want to do we'll save it for our, the end all right we're gonna pitch some hercules live action takes because this movie is in the works in dev in dev so we start off we're in ancient greece baby rewind the tape we're going back to the past let's go we should mention before the muses even start singing because they're the like narrative framework for this movie who pops in to narrate like two lines of dialogue uh charlton heston what king for literally it must have been a 30 second spot in the at booth. least that like minimum yeah he it, came in did it and they were like great voice thank you so much you're good to go it's crazy he basically comes in the muses are like um excuse me we're gonna tell the story and then he gives them the green light you go girls you go girls the fact that he says you go girls that fabulous feel, it feels like one of those things you know when actors or directors they're like i did one for my kid like i feel like he was probably doing this for like the grandchild he was i did this for my grandchild which or whatever. is amazing you, know, you love it it's I, if he has one i don't even know but <laughs> this is just speculation this is conjecture but we will treat it as fact absolutely so we start off we're in ancient greece and the muses give us a little bit of a rundown about you know Hercules they gotta give us the introduction to him yeah I mean we actually we basically get oh he's a hero and then we get the Titans locked away by Zeus backstory Mm -hmm. so that that's all set up um giving Zeus a little bit more credit oh yeah credits do but Mm, sure sure whatever we'll accept it and then it basically starts when Hercules is a little baby you know a young golden glowing boy he's so cute he's our pony boy yeah I hate that. Sorry. I'm going to keep moving. Um, the, again, in my notes, I had Athena. Uh, so Hades, I mean, basically, it's like a baby warming party. Yeah. They're like introducing like, a new god. It's a baby shower, except the baby's He's already born. born. But there are gifts for like the newborn baby. Yeah. Um, and he's super strong. I mean, obviously, he's like a little godling. Yoked. Yep. 
like a golden egg. Zeus loves him. Zeus Zeus's love for his son is so tender in this. It's really pure. They really, you know, gave him the benefit of the doubt. I know. They were like, well, you know what, Zeus, you actually care about your son on this one. Specifically this son. Right, just this boy. But yes, they gave him a little baby Pegasus. Zeus makes him a Pegasus out of clouds. Did you feel like this movie whips? Like, I feel like not, it does whip, but I feel like it moves very fast. It's so fast. So I was actually marking down kind of like the the act breaks yeah so the end of act one is basically he goes and finds phil midpoint is the hydra fight Mm -hmm. end of act two is obviously he like gets his strength taken away but it is it is a clean 90 minutes at the halfway point hades actually says like half time yeah Yeah. that rules that's so cool i'm glad they put that in there yeah no it's really fun but hades speaking of he appears the man himself he shows up the minute so we obviously take notes for this the minute he appeared i whipped my notebook out I oh was yeah like, okay it's time he go he, i love that he's like a bad stand-up comic and he's trying to make jokes and everyone is just like yeah crickets his first line is this is an audience or a mosaic hey, hey making a good do? joke uh, yeah no it's terrible a su- and then he does like the a sucker for the sucker which, yes good line kind of yeah um But he's just like trying to like get all these out. He's trying to be like, look, I'm here. I know I'm not supposed to be. Everyone doesn't want him there. Yeah. How's the underworld? Oh, hey, you know, a little dark, a little gloomy. And hey, as always, full of dead people. (laughs) Buy a car. I'll give you a little bit of a discount. Seriously. Do we, I'm now like reflecting on it. I feel kind of bad for Hades, I think in general. You mean like the general? In general, yeah. I'm just like, it does, like for this, I get why he kind of, I mean like obviously he's doing this for Global Takeover, but the poor guy is just sequestered off all on his own. Yeah, he's stuck in the underworld with nobody there besides his little servants. Or when he eventually kidnaps, you know. Persephone. Persephone, yeah. Yeah. They don't touch on that. They really do not touch on that. Once again, a nice smoothing over. A little glaze. Mythology. Yeah. But I think it's, it's honestly, it's a great kids movie because it like gives you all of like ancient Greece's greatest hits. It does. And then, you know, it sort of like can definitely foster a love for how cool Greek mythology is. Oh, this, I think actually, well, actually, wow, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now that we're getting into it, I think this was the thing that got me into Greek mythology. Like I would totally make sense. 100% believe that that was because then from this, I'm guessing got into the Percy Jacksons, got into all the myths, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera, from here, there. But this would make sense as one of the latch points for understanding and getting into this sort of world. 100%. I mean, it's great kids media yeah. designed to like teach you some stuff, but also offer this like really cool visual world. The animation style is beautiful. so cool in It's this. so beautiful. I mean, we've t- it's just the gods having their own separate characters is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. This is like, this is really the only animated, you know, depiction of the gods that Mm -hmm. has all of this like cool design around it. It's the best depiction of any Greek gods ever. Because it's anime, they have like a lot more room to play around. Mm -hmm. It's It's not Clash of the Titans, you know, Liam Neeson, gigantic glowing. Yeah, kind of boring. But it's not, it doesn't do much. Like, I feel like this is emblematic of what, the, the greek gods represented yes i love that they all have like a different colored glow athena's blue aphrodite's pink do you have a fave uh not your fave god obviously like being athena but did you have like a favorite design my favorite character design honestly i like poseidon he's a fish man yay that's fun <laughs> i was gonna go with hephaestus because he's like a short little king just banging stuff out yeah also you know who has a really weird bit part in this is hermes i don't know why they decide that there should be like five minutes of hermes material a lot of hermes content why does hermes get so much play constantly ever i feel like a lot of things that deal with ancient greek 
like mythology really lean into Hermes. I think because he's sort of like if you want to make a bridge between the mortals and the gods, he's kind of like the easiest thing to do because he's the messenger of the gods. Yeah. Um. I, but I mean. But I mean, there's like a lot of play with him and Percy Jackson. Oh yeah, so much because Luke. Right. So we talked about Hades' first appearance and how fun he is. Should we talk about the Hades thing that the, we're going to talk ba- about? About Hades? Do we yes. Need to, the thing about Hades, 2012. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think I think that's the big thing is that this episode we're going to be touching on queer coding um, and queer coding specifically within Disney animated films, specifically this movie, um, and then kind of larger as a whole. And I think this is, for me personally, something that I'm super interested in. And I think this is the start of a lot of things that we'll get into in future episodes 100%. in queer coding and queer baiting because this focuses on queer coding. Yeah. Um, so do let's, you want to lay down the difference on what those are? Yeah, let's define a few things. Um, so queer coding is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. It is coding a character with usually negative queer stereotypes, um, but not actually committing to the character being queer or using those stereotypes as shorthand to say that the character is a villain yep now queer coding is not the only kind of coding that happens there's plenty of other coding um you know everything is code literally everything is coded race coding is like a pretty common um Mm -hmm. think about the goblins in harry potter or the orcs in bright i mean there's a million different versions of this but there's also a lot of queer coding in villains in disney movies queer coding comes from well i mean it's obviously throughout history is like kind of taken place um but like you really start to see it have like this effect when the comics code arose in the 50s and 60s where sexuality of any kind um was basically restricted and banned and so for the kids for the kids uh and so you wanted people whether it was queer writers, directors, or people to have like a shorthand. So they started to implement these things. Um, And so from that, you really get like depictions of LGBTQ people having this heavily like discouraged sense because queer people were constantly like equated to being hypersexual. So yeah, this is, this is something that's really interesting. And I think the reason that one, we don't see really any queer representation at all in children's media at all, at all. And two, when it's there again, it's usually like shorthand for a villain or shorthand Mm -hmm. for something that's really like not the main character. Totally. And it's because, you know, non heterosexual romance and just sort of existence has been really heavily sexualized in history i think like a really big contributor to the actual media depiction of it um was the aids epidemic obviously because it was so widely reported on and so sort of ingrained in the public consciousness and was entirely based around sex and so immediately you had queerness plus sex plus bad things all together happening and that sort of just like melded into one and became like shorthand and so following that it sort of became well we can't put queer representation in children's media oh despicable the thought is oh oh my god of the kids right um truly the only healthy representation that is pretty you know explicit and meant to be there in children's media that i can think of is uh legend of Korra. There's yeah. more recent stuff, She-Ra, um, like Steven it's Universe. It's starting to happen. It's starting to happen now, but for a long time, it was just negative space. 
there's like the queer coding of villains is so important, especially for kids growing up, because by equating whatever it is, like queer characters as the villains, you carry that forward with you. Like the kids would view then people who would express these queer behaviors as villains or bad people. Exactly. But then as queer people, it's interesting because then you sort of start to latch on to these characters that are coded as queer. So if you look at Hades or Captain Hook or Scar and like certain mannerisms, you have queer people, I mean, myself included, who look at those characters as the people that you can relate to or the characters that you enjoy more on screen because you see a little bit more of yourself. Yes. Which then brings up this really difficult conversation of obviously you don't want queer coding to continue and there needs to be a way to then like move on through this because you just want explicit LGBTQ representation, but then you have these queer coded characters who are so baked in it. And so how do you move on from that? Yeah. And so with the new Lion King with Scar and how Scar became very just super quiet boring and boring. And shit. Exactly. Then it's... you the otherness of like the queer coded character then becomes established as like, Oh, if you're gay, you're an interesting character. Yes. So it's really tricky because you want them to have this colorful behavior. You want them to be interesting, but you don't want them to be coded as queer themselves because that's not essentially a part of who they are. Exactly. You don't want sort of the thing that makes them villainous to be the queer coding. Exactly. You want it to be, you know, more three-dimensional than that. Totally. But Live Action Lion King was really disappointing because Be Prepared is like one of a the best friggin banger best yeah. songs in that musical like scar is giving it all to us and you know in the live action movie it's really terrible and really boring Nothing. and joe yeah. lg4 is an amazing actor we i love, love him. him but there is just nothing in that voice performance but you know i think that there is a healthier option which is to cast queer people in these roles especially if you're doing like a great reimagining and you really want to play that stuff up for like for ursula like if yes. you're gonna base it off a drag queen hire a drag queen hire and then make queen. it a part of who the character is not yes. just like a coding of ursula could be like a drag queen make it like fuck it ursula is an octopus drag queen cool would be great it's yeah. about taking these things that were used as weapons against the queer community and reclaiming them and being like this is mine now and i can make it my own and all of a sudden it's not something that's othering it's being like this is a part of who i am and i can still make this a three-dimensional character a complicated character you know a villain but it's all about integrating intentionality yeah within it i 100 percent agree if we're looking at hades because i think with the disney villains especially there is a, a specific breakdown of male villains versus female villains and yeah. how they interact with their heroes with the male vil villains sorry uh being more like a feminine and more like quote-unquote sissy yeah is how exactly honestly how, right and that countered with then the hyper masculine like hercules yes. because you have hercules as like the iconoclast himbo or as we want to say yeah um super buff super straight zeus too if exactly. you want to talk about the zeus and hades relationship as brothers totally zeus is the successful mask one and Hades is the unsuccessful, more sort of effeminate right. one. And you even look at like their hair and how Hades, it's the smallest detail, but like Hades having flaming hair. He's but literally then flaming. Being bald. The fact that he's literally flaming. <laughs> yeah. One. Yeah. Two, he's then, when you see him and he's bald, but yeah. then Zeus has this luscious, cool hair. But yeah, no, and then with like, with the women, they were much more like devious and corrupting. And then the heroes of those films were like, wholesome and pure, pure and just exactly girls, yeah. and it's just those depictions are just so 
held back from our like dated beliefs and like these old systems that we thought that were in place. Um, and it's just, we, it's obviously as things have changed, these sort of villainous kind of caricatures have started to go by the wayside. You see it in Wreck-It Ralph a little bit with King Candy. Um, but then these queer coded characters point. start to become more side characters and more like bit parts. So like in Madagascar, King Julian is oh, like, classic. We, I literally love King Julian, but queer coded a hundred percent. And yeah. like you start to see them have sidekicks as like the queer character instead of the main villain. And then you have a main villain who's much more like, I'm going to take over the world or things like that. And so it's just interesting to see how, despite the fact they're trying to move on through queer coding, queer coding then moves to different characters within the plot. Yeah. I even look at, obviously, you know, we talked about comedy in the Disney Renaissance, but I even look at basically the modern princess crop, Mm. like Moana, Tangled, Frozen, Brave in there. Um, Even, you know, Vanellope from Wreck-It Ralph. It's a lot less, oh, we have these like jokey sidekicks that can be like really easily coded queer. And it's become, you know, mostly like talking animals because the animation is so much more advanced. That has sort of like replaced it. You know, I think about like the little lizard from Tangled or the pig and the chicken from Moana or even Olaf from Frozen is like this very much like not kind of like a typical funny sidekick. It's a Josh Gad sidekick. I don't. I didn't mean to make this about Josh Gad, to be Uh, honest. This is a Gad cast, but yes. The Gad cast. The Gad cast. Um, But yeah, so it's sort of, I think that Disney has become more aware of this and has like completely phased it out. Yeah. Um, But once again, I think there is a happy medium to strike, especially if they're going to remake every Disney Renaissance movie in existence. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it was really frustrating to see Beauty and the Beast and have Lumiere and Cogsworth be these super boring, you know, people that like didn't even snipe with each other at all when right. in the original movie um they, they were, were probably together. yeah <laughs> it's that's the thing is like why not have the characters like if you're going to just have it coded into it make it the text itself if you're going to try to move on from it or just think about the ways to move past it in a modern era rather than just erasing it yes at least throw us a wink and a nod and be like we acknowledge this let's right. like move on it instead of exactly what you said just totally like getting rid of it like erasing queer characters from the narrative even like because they are coded poorly and you don't want queerness itself to be you know treated as villainous obviously because it's fucking not um but you don't want to completely erase queer characters from the media itself because then that does nothing to benefiting the actual you know language of cinema as a whole it's tough and it's really frustrating when it is like these things that you grow up with because these are still while they're remaking their animated movies these are still the things that kids are seeing so totally and like we said for quadrant this is like the epitome of like everybody seeing this exactly. this is where you have the most influence the most reach let's like put in a little bit of effort totally you just have to be responsible with the material that you're putting out there yeah yeah it's tricky. If we're talking about Disney villains, hate. I mean, Ursula is probably one of the clearest forms of it just because she was explicitly based off Divine, who yes. was like this um, super drag iconic queen. drag queen. Um, right. The, uh, you know, the character in Hairspray, Tracy's mother, is also based off of Divine because um, Divine played that character in the original movie. Did not even know that. Yeah. There's like a real history with Divine. Whoa. Such a legend. That's cool. Yeah. Within this, I guess Hades clearly is the one that is coded the most queer, but there's a lot of underpinnings throughout this as well, like Pain and Panic. Boyfriends, underworld boyfriends. Absolutely. I love it. Also, you know, we can talk about 
all the sort of bad about Hades, you yeah. know, the way that he's coded, but also he is so much fun. Oh, the, arguably probably lines? the second best character in the film. After Meg. After Meg, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, Meg, Meg uh, runs the show in oh, this house. I can't wait to talk about Meg. So let's get into it. Yeah, I think we can really like speed through the first act of this movie, totally. which is that Hades gets a prophecy from the three fates. Rewind. We got to pause and talk about the fates. All right, let's do it. Fucking awesome the bit that kills me the most is the first time you're introduced to them and they're like cutting the ribbon or whatever of life the thread, the of, thread life. of life and then you hear just the funniest like wail as someone dies it's so good i almost thought it was the wilhelm scream because i remembered that there was a scream but it's not oh my god that would have been the perfect Missed place for opportunity. it wow um but that's great and then a soul soars into the underworld and there's like a underworld mcdonald's reference and so they're like good. three thousand and three million and one served did you it's fun the underworld design is kind of amazing Hades throne is like a giant skull yeah definitely at the end when there's like the river of souls it's like this giant whirlpool it's beautiful it and kinda... he says it's a small underworld after all which is fun i love when disney films reference disney things yeah it's a good bit so i guess pain and panic we go down well it's like hercules we have this whole thing hades goes into the underworld and we meet pain and panic yes firstly so underworld boyfriends. two boyfriends uh, <laughs> little like demon things and then, then they transform to worms and they're like we, we are, are worms. worms it's so great good i love their little transformations the worms are the best though because the rest of the time they're in the real world so they have to really transform like yeah. when they're birds or they're little like forest boys. animals or boys yes little kids but it's fun it, when they're worms because they like you can they look they like worms yeah themselves. it's gross they also turn into a hot lady horse lest we forget i think that we could talk about that oh about we're gonna talk queerness. about it yeah. um basically pain and panic they are uh fucking up things and always hades is remind me to maim you after my meeting um and so he goes to meet the fates as we were saying the fates they know what he knows yeah, so Hades is trying to take over the earth, whatever. He wants to overthrow Casual. the gods. And he's going to do it by freeing the Titans on the the day in 18 years when the planets align. You know what I love? Little, what do you, what tiny, do you love, Brooke? little animation detail. But when they show the planets aligning, there's only five planets. Because at this time, the were there Greeks only, five planets only believed that there were five planets. Cool. So great. But the planets are going to align. And that is the day that he needs to release the fate. Uh, release the... Release the Titans. Release the Titans. Yeah, literally. And take over the world. But if Hercules, who is still a little godling baby up on Olympus, fights, Hades is going to fail. This is Jercules, one would say. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, I mean, look, fine. Hades, go for it. Would Hades, Poseidon, and Zeus put the Titans away, though, right? It's honestly mostly Zeus. So it is mostly Zeus? Yeah. Mm, that's a bummer. But, you know, whatever. That's ancient history. I was just thinking about, like, been there. Done that. Who just think? Okay. Uh, <laughs> moving on. So we find out that he's just trying to do this hostile takeover. Yeah. And we smash cut to back up to a beautiful Olympus. Mm-hmm. And what happens? So he sends pain and panic to basically first of all turn Hercules mortal and then kill him once he's mortal because they can't kill him while he's still a god. So they drag him down to earth. They make him drink this mortal potion, but they're interrupted by a lovely elderly Greek couple. Oh, and the best. The like baby bottle smashes and there's one drop of the potion one. left. Just one drop. And he retains his superhuman strength as he proves um, when he strangles pain and panic. We're disguised as a pair of snakes. Fuck Which snakes. he does in the original myth. 
very cool. Fun times. I really like the adoptive father. I don't know if he has a name. I know he has a name, but I'm forgetting it. They're like really long Greek names. But his chin beard. It's great. His chin game is incredible. Yeah. What a jawline. I like both of their designs. They're so cute. Yeah. They are very... This is a very wholesome movie. It's so wholesome. I was like... I always forget that they're actually like in the middle and at the end of it, mm-hmm. the adoptive parents, like Kirk buys them a giant mansion. A huge house. Yeah. yeah. And then they're at the end and they're like, you know, happy with him they and celebrating. Him. They it's just, so cute. He's their like loving adoptive son. It's so nice. It's amazing. Harmony. Imagine if Greek myths were like this and not just like, hey, you know what? Zeus fucked yeah. everyone and murdered everyone. Yeah. They're a real bummer. But that's why they're so fun and that's why we love them. Essentially, like after he's kidnapped, we time jump. Yeah, I mean, all the stuff when he's like a kid that doesn't know his own strength, I don't love. I think I was going like, to say, I love that. Oh, you do? Oh my God, I love Skinny Herc. I think the reason I love it is because every single joke is so bad it's that it's so good. so bad. Because it's like... You've uh, said Hercules like three times I know. and it's horrible. I know, that's why I love it. But they, they, they make the even number bit, like where they're like, we need uh, five players, an even number. And Hercules is like, wait, that's not an even number. Like those things. I'm like, oh my God, this is so bad, but I love it. I hate all of this business. We get Wayne Knight as like a guy selling like vases or yeah, whatever. He's like a, a, a ceramics vendor. His, vo- his voice is in the Wallace Shawn category of me of when oh, I yeah. hear him pop up, my like whole body goes warm and I'm just like, ah, yes. Like a comforting awful voice yeah he's immediately recognizable yeah it's incredible like those are the great voices um but i mean like nothing really happens here he just destroys a city exactly and then he's like you know what i need to find my own way i'm sorry mother and father i just need to take off they tell him that they found him as a baby and that he had the symbol of the gods around his neck so he's like maybe i'll go visit the temple of zeus see what i can do take a little stroll down daddy lane yep but on the way there what does he sing he can go the distance. He can go the distance. Uh, maybe probably the best ballad of all time. It's so I love, like, this is actually a proper power ballad. Yes, A it lot is. of the Disney ballads are, like, just really not up there. All the music in this movie is so fabulous. Top 10. This, this music is absolutely incredible. Like, top to bottom, it's fucking incredible. Yeah, this, and I really love the Aladdin music. Like, it's so good. They were on just a streak here. It's unparalleled how many bangers they popped out. Actual bangers. Because I feel like if you look at some of the older stuff and like Pocahontas immediately comes to mind, Mm -hmm. it's mostly kind of like sweeping, epic numbers. But I like these. They're like super high energy. They're super jazzy. Even I Can Go the Distance, which, you know, is the definition of a power ballad, is like belt worthy material it's so good i think that you know there's a couple kind of like classic disney songs in here there's the i want song which is i can go the distance there is like meg's love ballad and then there's the montage with zero to hero um but like the opening number gospel truth is super you know non-traditional there's no villain song no there's which really, is wild that there is no villain song i know the movie basically gets rid of music after i won't say i'm in love there's nothing for like yeah. all of act three then there's like the a at the end is, is born, a star is born which is is just a little wrap up song. Rest in peace, Bradley Cooper. Um, yeah. But it is weird that Hades does not have a song. Yeah, I feel like I don't know if maybe there was one at early points in I'm development. I'm sure there was like and a draft. Scrapped yeah. it. But like, again, this movie is a real tight 90 minutes. And I feel like you don't need a villain song per se. There's a lot of Hades in the Zero to Hero montage that I totally forgot about of his plans failing. So, you know, we get the gist. So good. So continuing on, we get Hercules destroys. He meets Zeus. And his, his Zeus is just like, yeah, like you're my son. Hi, welcome. Welcome. I'm glad you figured you. it out. 
daddy. He like, yeah, he's he tries to be so nice to Hercules and Hercules is the statue is fucking moving. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. It's poor, so poor man. funny. But he eventually comes around and uh, Zeus reintroduces him to Pegasus, who is now grown up um, and kind of great. a ditzy horse. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's a cutie. It's great. We love, we love um, Pegasus. And Zeus tells Herc that he has to go find Philoptides, who will train him. He's trained all the great heroes. If he wants to be a true hero, he has to go find Phil. But first, you must find Danny DeVito. Yes. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Every quest starts with finding Danny DeVito. Starts with the DeVito? Yeah. Oh, my God. I would love Danny DeVito to give me, like, some life advice early Sage on in advice. my epic quest. Yeah. Just yell at you with the most raspy voice possible. Can I offer you a nice egg in this trying time? My God. <laughs> but he finds Phil. He finds Phil. We get a nice... Phil doubts him. He's like, you're not the son of Zeus. And then Zeus lightning bolts him. Psst. Yeah. Can we talk about the Danny DeVito satyr design? Which is literally just like, what if Danny DeVito was a satyr? It's uh, a little bit terrifying. <laughs> it's so good. It's great. It's... uh, I mean, I don't know a better satyr in my life. Yeah. Yeah. He's fun. Um, The horniness of this movie has not aged particularly well. Chasing after the nymphs you're talking about? Yeah. And then like you know seducing meg and at the end yep. aphrodite who gives him a smooch and like he finally gets his like girl yep, yep. yeah it's not great there's like this movie i think is aggressively horny all around oh yeah um but certain yeah definitely certain elements of the horniness have That's not aged well the element that is not great the rest of it's pretty fun yeah like i love the, that meg is like oh my god rippling pectorals right it's like <laughs> yes like you get him wonder boy like yeah. all that is so good it's but really it's, fun i think it's the, what we're realizing here is that the danny devito horny stuff is really what kind of sucks yeah well because it's you know it's so classic like ooh. It's like, I'm going to get the girls. Yeah. yeah. Literally, it is just the, you could put the Awooga soundtrack yeah. for any of that dialogue or scenes and you'd be like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. You get it. Um, Hey, so I think this is, well, we're about to meet Meg, honestly. We are about to meet Meg. I would just, I only have a thing on the montage is that I love these montages so much. Oh, like the, the training montage? The training montage. Yeah. yeah. I love when we see Phil get shot and we see him like collecting things. I don't know why I've seen that in a lot of animated movies, but that sort of bit always gets me. I think yes. it's funny. Um, and then there's one line when it is like, when he goes like, when rescuing a damsel, handle with care. And then we meet meg so yes. it's just a fun like build up to the quote-unquote damsel yeah you know his training montage is mostly about like recognizing as phil says your basic did damsel in distress so good that's yeah. a good line oh it's so good i wrote down all of kind of like the good sort of like underrepresented lines in this movie um but yeah basically herc aids his training montage we do sort of like a lion king thing where he goes from like a skinny teenager to a real, a real buff, buff man boy. basically after the training montage phil and herc fly off to thebes which is like a city full of problems um where herc can sort of make his mark as a hero but on the way they hear meg screaming um and phil's like oh damsel in distress let's go rescue her let's see what you got um and so hercules and phil show up at this river where there's like a river guardian centaur guy Mm -hmm. um who has meg in his clutches and herc's like all right this is my moment we're gonna do it i'm gonna show that i'm a hero um it all goes very wrong very badly nessus the river god yes in greek mythology poisons her it's great they put in like some little references because megra is also a character she's like a co- like a compilation of like all of hercules's quote like wives wives yeah so they like dropped in some little original myth tidbits um Just which fun. is very smart yeah um but you know meg is basically doing a decent job 
with this river guardian in the first place delivers the incredible line um when herc asks her aren't you a damsel in distress i can rescue you she's like i'm a damsel i'm in distress i can handle this oh have a nice day 12 out of 10 so good like that is her intro that is her she that the fact that she carries that energy throughout and it's not just like a bit it's so she's just on point the entire movie she is so consistent but becomes three so Mm three-dimensional um throughout the movie and it's it's really it's so good great um he defeats the god oh yeah he does with his Um, head yeah he just headbutts him but that's we get we get a you love to like use your head and he uses his head and that bit then comes back in Toy Story 2 in 1999, where Rex then uses his head. Yes. Um, this is just me going on my... I just... I don't know. Deep I just into l- animation territory. I love when movies use head... Like, using your head as a bit. Like, somehow your head is, you know, a better That's weapon. really specific. Because this brings me... In Dinosaurs, me and my roommate recently rewatched all of the Jurassic Parks. Yeah. And my favorite dinosaur is the one that has a hard head. Where oh. it can, like, headbutt through stuff. I feel like this says a lot about you. It really does. I love when Herc asks her how she got involved with the River Guardian. And she says, oh, you know how men are. They think no means yes and get lost means take me, I'm yours. It's She's just zingers. And he's just like, what? Yeah, he he's literally so do- he doesn't get it. He, the fact that he is just like, huh, what? You're really pretty. And he's like twirling his hair. Mm-hmm. That is so good. And the gender politics in this start to come out to play. Yeah, I actually, this is probably a good time to talk about sort of like the gender norms and the totally. gender roles in this movie. I mean, look, it's not anything crazy. No. We're not going to give it too much credit. But I really like that Meg is basically actively trying to seduce Hercules the whole movie. Yes. Um, whether it's for her own means or for Hades' means, and is very much like, I literally want you to sleep with me, mm-hmm. in, you know, in Disney in movies. In kid speak. words, yeah. And he is so respectful and keeps just basically like putting her dress back on her shoulder and like taking her foot off of his leg and is like i just want to love you so purely i deeply respect you so much like you don't have to do this like i love you for who you are basically and it's great because none of it is spoken it's all very much like Mm -hmm. little gestures and stuff it's It's physical it's physical it's that is the small details that make the things better where you don't need to say it you just show it yeah and that's why animation is so cool and partially why i miss 2d animation oh my god because of all of these little things get me on a 2d animated kick right Mm -hmm. now 2d animation is the superior your form of animation dude i know i miss it it's so beautiful this was also this was during like the kind of the weird period where they were combining 2d animation Are you and talking about the hydra cgi yeah okay did you watch this on disney plus yes i swear to god the hydra is not cgi in the original i version. thought the hydra was 2d as well me too it's always been 3d really i think this is a berenstein bear situation oh my god the mandela effect yeah is it the bernstein bears the berenstein bears it's alive I don't and know. well but i genuinely thought that this was the hydra was 2d animated me too. when the hydra showed up and it was so clearly cgi i was like wait what this must be a disney re-release right? thing right but it That's like crazy. it's such stark cg they yeah, it looks d- bad they did it well it i mean it's definitely not aged well they made it originally as like a clay model that they then transferred into the computer mm. but i wonder what it, they spent like one and a half years on that yeah. um I would have been interested to see if they saw you know how like jason the argonauts the old animated film the stop motion with the skeletons yeah like if they did that animated style with the clay for the Hydra and transposed that into a 2D space, what that would look like? It's so weird that they made a clay model for it in the first place. I mean, we're almost at the Hydra anyway, plot right. wise. Um, because it, do you think it's maybe so they could get like all the heads exact or something like that? Because I don't like even know. it's the 
only CG thing in the entire movie. And you're like, it sticks it out like a out, sore, yeah. sore thumb. Like the Titans are 2D. Mm-hmm. Nessus is 2D. All of his labors are 2D. But it's like in Beauty and the Beast, the one 3D scene is when they're in like the dance, you know, the beauty, the oh, whatever, yeah. when they're, it's like the ballroom like sequence. Right. Like that was like stuff. heightened 3D. Yeah. I feel like it's not as noticeable though. It's like, it's totally weird. Not. It's just the, the, basically the 3D aspect of the Hydra and the shadows and everything like that just are Stands so so much yeah no so it's a little aggro really weird yeah yeah but that happens in thebes which we're basically at i okay look some people think i i think that some people don't like this but i love the thebes as new york bit i kind of like love thebes as new york 45 seconds it is when they hold up the sign and like switch it yeah it's fast enough that you're like oh my god wait but then they just get rid of it nice and quick and they never bring it up again but Danny DeVito does a whole I'm walking here bit literally it's so funny there's also like a doomsday guy who's like basically wearing like a little column he's wearing a column himself and he's like the end is near which one do you relate to the most I like the sundial man I think I I, I literally wrote down ask Brooke which one she (laughs) is and then I wrote I'm sundial man also the sundial because the sundial man is so funny and it's like the best sort of like specific like seedy New York man selling you watches yes, like you, yes as, as soon as it happens you're like wow that's so clever but you would never think of that so i guess while we're in thebes basically hercules has to have his first major challenge he has to prove he's a hero right um but meg who obviously is working for hades should have mentioned but she's like an indentured servitude to him um she and pain and panic all collaborate to um sort of create this like fake problem for Herc to solve, which is that two boys have been trapped in like a rock quarry, which is conveniently located by um, an amphitheater. Which is right there. Yeah. Wild how that is just happened to happen like that. (laughs) Yeah. So Herc goes to save them. Yep. And that's the somebody call. Right. And he uh, moves the boulder, whatever, saves the boys. Uh, But what do our wondering eyes should appear? But a uh, fucking Hydra. A hydra with only one head. Right. Um, and you know. And what happens, Brooke? I have a serious question. What happens when you cut a hydra head off? Two more grow back. Oh my god. Oh my god. We actually talked about this last week with the fucking octopus from Captain America. Oh my god, we did. I'm Whoa. Still mad about it. Um, but I I totally forgot that when the hydra has one head, it is just kind of like a snake, dragon, dinosaur-looking thing that mm-hmm. it literally eats Herc. Yeah. Right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Super fast. Yeah. And he slices out of it. Slices the neck from inside. like, guck was so burned into my head. Like, I really remember. me too. It was, like, very visceral. Yeah, because it's green and, like, sludgy. And there's, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of, like, actual head chopping off. And it sort of looks like, I don't know, like, a a piece of meat with, like, you know, the one bone in the middle. Yeah, it's really kind of gross. I totally have it, like, burned into my memory. But I feel like back then things were so aggressively like gross for kids like slime thank god we transitioned out of that to whatever i do miss a little humor. bit of it well but that's absurd I'm a, it's because I'm, I'm a, a boy, boy. <laughs> um <laughs> anywho so he hydra, beats it he beats well sort of i mean crushes it yeah i love when he slices off like 20 heads in rapid succession and then there's the kind of sweeping shot where he flies in on pegasus and it's just like a screen full of heads staring back at him yeah it's really, that was really cool yeah and phil's like oh my god <laughs> and it's great he you know he crushes it with a bunch of rocks Classic. Works. and it works and, and he hades proves is that he's a hero during all that hades is sitting up there drinking cosmos again yes so like good. a little bit of queer coding yeah, he literally has like a martini right he's like slurping it up whatever yeah um but he's having a fun time watching mm-hmm. 
everyone applauds him because they the entire city of Thebes somehow saw this. It's so funny. But yeah, then it's like one of the greatest montages in animated history. Riffing, I love this riffing on Michael Jordan. And like celebrity culture. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, some of a couple of the things that I wrote down that are in this kind of like endorsement montage, which obviously is like a riff on, you know, sports celebrities, but also is apparently pretty common in ancient Greece. I, that's what I was going to bring up yeah. is that like this did happen a lot. Olympians and gladiators would both like promote the craziest stuff because, yeah, they were basically I wonder like, what they would sell, though. Superstars. I I think um, they would sell from like certain vendors, honestly, and merchants Uh, and stuff like that. Um, And yeah, they would just like basically promote whatever their sponsors needed them to promote because they needed sponsors for the arena. That's so cool. So cool. Do you think like they had tattoos of like their sponsors on them, like NASCARs? Dude, that would be sick. Be hardcore, man. Uh, <laughs> um, what were your favorites? Just a couple of things in the Zero to Hero montage. Yes. Um, big fan of the Air Hercs. Yes, love so Air, Air Hercs. Oh yeah. Um, Herc Aid, the, the drink. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and um, the the like Amex card that's called Grecian Express, and it's all Roman numerals. That killed Super me. Yeah. yeah, I liked that one. I also really liked the squeezy toy. That, oh, like, his action where his figure. pecs come out. Yeah. It's cool. He has like a mosaic billboard for Air Herx, which mm-hmm. is really fun. And then he gets thrown into it later. <sighs> yeah. It's so good. It's great. I love it. A lot of good muses time. We love the muses when they get to come back and like give our story a little bit of, you know. They're just so full of energy. Their animation is just like explosive and great. And like yeah. when they both like they'll come in from different sides of the frame or their heads will be spinning. Everything about them is really fun. They're all super unique in their design as well. Yeah. Which makes it better super fun i think it's sort of supposed to be like i i would assume like a little bit of a riff on sort of like the supremes style kind of like coordinated girl group dancing Mm. in sort of like a classic you know styled way it's super fun it's great yeah yeah but this is kind of their time to shine it's a banger of a song a great one what's do you have like a ranking of songs um probably i would say zero to hero won't say i'm in love i would go the distance would you go Gospel the distance truth. to go the distance? Yeah. And then a star is born and then whatever Phil's song is, is last. It's not that good. Last one, last hope. Wow. Yeah. This is interesting because uh, I have different rankings. I would Tell go me. Meg number one with a bullet, a hundred percent. And then Phil's song and then go the distance. What? I think Phil's song is so funny. So zero to hero is like number four. Yeah, probably. I would actually probably go the distance to then Phil's song. Yeah. I love Phil. I Phil is just my little Jewish king. <laughs> I will have to. I have to say. So, before Phil agrees to train him, he's yes. like, "All I want is to look up into the stars and see a hero commemorated." And someone will say, "That's Phil's boy. That's my dream." And then it happens for him. Good for. And I was it's so great. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Phil has his own arc in this. So wholesome. Everyone gets payoff in this movie. Seriously. It's, I it's, mean, it's, that's the thing with kids films is kids films have such good payoff. Um, but yeah, I mean, in this one, especially. Yeah. I mean, the basic principle be, be behind the fact that kids movies are so good when it comes to writing and simple storytelling, like set up payoff is mm. that there's no room for error in the writing. Cause once you start animating, there is a no going back. Right. Um, so they really have to like spend a lot of time with the script, um, which is great. And yeah. it pays off. I mean, this is when it basically like Hades is down to, his last straw he's at the end of his rope he's like i basically have 48 hours left the fire has almost dwindled from his plan yeah until i can take over the world and herc is still like on top of the world i've been throwing every curve i have at him 
And then he sees Meg and realizes that she has a thing for him and is like, mm-hmm. maybe I haven't been throwing the right curves. But a ding. But a ding. Um, and then sends Meg off to basically like seduce him and get him to give up his power for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. The thing is that like Hades is pretty decent. He doesn't want to kill Hercules. Yeah. He's just, just like, just give up your strength for 24 hours. It's all I need. He just wants to take over the world a little bit. Like yeah. It's fine. Like you'll get your power back, but like, let me win first. Just one day. Take a day off. Just yeah. one. Um, I think there is this one beat in between where Hercules, like after the montage where he's quote unquote become a hero to the people and he goes to Zeus and he's like, dad, look, I've done it. Right. I'm a hero. I like, forgot about that scene. Don't you love me? Can I come up and see you? And he's like, no, like you haven't proven yourself worthy of being like a real hero. A true hero. It's I not forgot a- that this is sort of like, I mean, it's not much of like a mystery, but it, that the, there's sort of this elusive, like you must become a true hero. What is a hero? What is a true hero spoiler alert you have to be a good person yeah you have to dive into a river of uh dead people yeah would you easy would you dive into a river depends on who i was diving after a little bit of like orpheus ish in this oh definitely except he succeeds yeah and uh, she doesn't disappear forever yeah yeah Uh. tragic and once again greek myths always work always great so yeah so i mean like after that Meg is able to kind of... Yeah, they go on a date. She basically convinces him to play hooky from Hero Duty for a day. And they go to see a play. And they walk around. And they end up in this really cute little statue garden. And that's when she basically is like, take my clothes off. He's like, no, thank you. And then Phil shows up acting like a chaperone. Mm -hmm. And is like, you got to come back and do laps, kid. Go work out. Yeah. And Hercules is like, I love working out. I love Meg. Yeah. And he gives her a flower and a little kiss on the cheek and leaves. And I start crying. Um, But then (laughs) Hades shows up and is like, hey, girl, you did bad. And Meg's like, no, find yourself another girl. I don't want to do it. I think that I love him. And Hades is like, oh, I'm sorry. Have you forgotten, you know, just this one little detail that uh, I own you. Mm. I You. You owe me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he sort of like tries to force her to do it. There's this weird part where Phil hears like one part of the conversation oh, yeah, and like thinks that Meg it, yeah. is still actively plotting against Herc, but then after he leaves, Meg's like, I won't do it. And Hades is like, Okay, I'm just gonna use you then, since you clearly fell for him. Right. Um, this is when there's the great moment where um Hades is like, I don't understand why you're, you know, acting so crazy over a guy. That is very much lining him up to be like a queer, you know, best friend almost, He's or just like sort the of original side sassy, character, sassy yeah. gay best friend. After Meg's like, oh my god, like he wouldn't do anything. He's different. Hades is literally like, he's a guy. It's guys crazy. are terrible. I mean, he's right, yeah. but you get that I more like, queer coding. Yeah, exactly. You know, on that note of him literally being like the sassy gay best friend, I love sort of like his periodic flame outs where he goes like red hot and it's yes. like, okay, fine. I'm cool. I'm fine. It's always like a punch in too. Yes. So it's just like, and then cuts away. It's so fun. It's great. Um, and that's probably like the moment when he's like actually scary. But yeah. then at the end, Pegasus like literally blows his hair out. He's yeah. Like, oh my God. Is my hair out? Hey, whoa. Yeah. Is my hair out? Where'd it go? Oh my God. I look like a thumb. <laughs> I look, look like, like the people thumb. from Spy Kids, like a thumb person. I hate right? you. Yeah. It is. It's scary. The thumb. Well, you sent me this meme, and I oh. think we should post it on Twitter when we post this episode. There's a great Zeus meme where they like removed his beard and his hair, and he looked, frightening. He 
looks like a thumb. It's so scary. It's actually terrifying. We should post that alongside the Hades thing because I think those yeah. are uh, two nightmare images that will be burned into people's skulls. <laughs> How else do we get people to come back right. week after week? Right, exactly. Traumatize the audience and then they'll want to come back. Uh, yeah. um, moving on. <laughs> moving on. So well, This is when Act 3 basically like kicks into yeah. gear. You get pain and panic turning into sexy horse to try to seduce pegasus to get pegasus away from hercules which is you know then you have in the end pain or panic i forget which is which um but he was like i wasn't really into you like it was just a bit but it's also like hmm no he actually says that he's like yeah i know i really was attracted to you yeah i wrote that down too i was like wild "Mm, you're like this is an interesting line to make sure the audience hears yeah fun wild um but then basically like the titans are released you get the elemental titans which are not really titans but i know they're definitely not the traditional titans from greek mythology which are basically like these bigger worse kind of rockier versions of the gods from earlier time i don't know why they made them the elements i like the elements though who's your fave uh i would say probably the frozen one is my favorite really yeah i like when he's like stomping across the plane and freezing freezing everything it's so good that's kind of traumatizing it really is turning i mean for you especially i'm not a horse girl sorry I know you're so not. Rude. You're not. Um, no, I I agree though. The it's definitely the frozen guy. Then I think the the magma like lava yeah, guy. Lava man. This, the man. You know, like we could deal without the cyclops. The uh, yeah, he's kind of boring. I don't know. Whatever. He's just there to kind of like kick Herc around a little bit. It's. I think this is probably the sort of like. The joke doesn't land, but I also kind of love it when there's a minute of the Titans actually being terrifying mm-hmm. and like Zeus oh my God, yes, yeah, yeah. and screaming and stomping across Greece and then Hades being like, uh, fellas, Olympus is the, the other, other way. way. I think that joke lands. It's so good. It's kind of like the classic sort of like quippy version of like, you can't feel anything. You have to like cut the tension. Right. Um. Yeah. The Olympus takeover is pretty basic. I don't know. The yeah. Titans take over the gods and chain them up and the gods try Zeus to in like get an them. elemental yeah. thing. Um. Oh, should we do a quick spot on Won't Say I'm in Love? Oh my god, did about... we, we like went over it, yeah. Well, but we're about to get back to the whole um Herc Meg subplot. Sure, yeah. I won't um, I won't say I'm in love. Let's let's go. What a beautiful song. A beautiful mm-hmm. melody. Again, another banger. Slow song, but a banger. Yes. At a the great same time. I would it's incre- it's one of the best Disney songs of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I love she's kind of just like it's just Meg wandering around a statue garden, you know, looking at like looking at a statue of her lots of lovers, um, before Hades shows up and ruins it all. But the muses are her muses are her backup and they show up yes. as like little carvings and Who'd you think busts. you're kidding? He's, He's the, the earth and heaven, heaven to you. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I love that song. Uh, there's there is a price for rotten judgment. There is. And it's get. I don't know the Hades song well, but my favorite is the stuff. that's ancient history. Been there, done that. Anyway, and we find out that the reason that she is an indentured servitude to Hades is because she made a bargain with him to save her ex boyfriend, and then he ran off with another girl, which is why she's like so cynical. Mm-hmm. Um, but right but after this, depth to her character. Seriously, yeah, it's great. It's like a nice little backstory um which informs the audience but it's real quick it's it, real simple it's just a, a we little get it blip blop right there yeah and then we can move on but you know after basically that and her combo with Hades, she's like i'm all in on herc i'm 100 mm-hmm. percent team wonder boy talk about a hunkulies i want him yeah um so hades uses this to his advantage while herc is training he's doing like his pull-ups he's doing his sit-ups 
and then Hades shows up, right? Yeah, well, this is when um, basically Phil tries to warn Herc that Meg is working against him, and he's right. like, I don't want to hear it. And Phil's like, okay, you know what, forget you know, it. I've had my fair share of heroes who do not pan out. Achilles, that heel? No. You, loving Meg? No. Nope. And he's out of there. And so then when he's gone, Hades slithers on in and is like, Herc, look, I got here's what's going on. I got a car that I'm going to sell for about $20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he like, he, Herc, he basically tells Herc to like stop interrupting him and just let him explain his plan real quick. Um, Herc doesn't want to give up his strength. And so um, Hades basically like uses Meg as bait. Herc agrees. And then he's like, okay, by the way, surprise, Meg was working for me the whole time. And Herc is devastated. So sad. He like, his character literally turns gray like yeah. they gray his character out a bit which is great when a nice little detail becomes fully mortal quote mm-hmm. unquote. yeah it's really sad it's man. so good and then he basically like looks out thebes is being destroyed he reunites with meg for a second for a sec he's basically like you know what i'm just gonna go take care of this yeah mortal strength or immortal strength i can figure this out but what's important about hades bargain is that he promises that meg won't get hurt mm-hmm key key a key for later. moment yes and then what happens meg gets hurt <laughs> meg gets hurt basically the cyclops is destroying the city um meg gets, gets crushed flicked. yep into uh his billboard into his face yeah and no, that's knocks nice. out all his teeth which that's is a really fun. good bit yeah. <laughs> yeah uh he gets like really they really pounce on herc like he gets pretty demolished in this little sequence here yeah it's nice that he gets beat up so much because he's so unstoppable that yeah. it's like kind of fun you know it's a kid's movie so there's you not gotta that much blood or anything. bring your hero down a little bit, though. Yeah, but um, Meg saves him from a falling column, but she gets crushed under it instead. Luckily, he has his immortal strength back because Hades' deal is broken. Mm-hmm. Enough to sort of like free her, leaves Phil to take care of her, and runs off to Olympus to help. Yeah. And then he defeats the Titans, but basically Meg dies. Herc's not fast enough to save her, but he goes to the underworld and basically like bargains with. Yeah. Hades for his life for again life. this is like him Hades making just constant deals as a salesman mm-hmm. a dumb salesman Hercules makes the deal and he jumps in it's really it is really cool the animation where he like turns old as he's going as to he's save going. Meg yeah okay so I remember probably the first time that I saw this you know as a semi-adult you mm. know in college or whatever there's the bit at the end when the fates are cutting Meg's thread of life and it's like intercut between Herc rushing to save her and the fates like getting ready to cut the string and I was like yeah. oh I mean he saves her before they do it and then no, it, no, it, no. it snipped and I literally audibly gasped. Even yeah. though I had seen the movie before, I totally forgot. It's awesome. But you need that setup because then, you know, like just a couple minutes later, they try then to cut Hercules Herc's life comes. string. Yes. And they can't and it turns gold because he's Zing. a god. Zing. What's going on with it? Da, da, da. And they like keep trying. It's just like a the bunch of old won't cut. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you really like that That voice one. was great. That voice was so good. <laughs> Grandma? Yeah. Um, that is literally what they're like. Yeah. They also don't have their eye at that point, which I think is funny when the eye does come out and doesn't come out. Yeah. Um, love the fates. This is a fate stand household. The fates are so fun. Um, but yeah, no, it doesn't cut. He's gold. He did his thing. He, he saved Meg and became hero. a hero. He had to be selfless. He had to be willing to sacrifice everything. And he comes out very Christ-like imagery. Dude. Yeah. Like carrying her like yeah. bridal style. It's, Literally. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. And then uh, he punches him into his face, his, the soul's yeah yes and the souls like drown him basically so good what like happens there though because hades is a god i know i don't know who cares whatever it's fine (laughs) uh yeah so hades disappears hercules is great he goes up to olympus and is like dad i did it 
Look at us. We're all reunited. We're a family. Everyone surrounds Herc. This is they when you see all the him. cool gods and their designs probably the best because the they're yeah. all kind of like lined up and you can see the whole pantheon. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's great. The, gr- the Greek nerd in us is jumping out. Yeah. But off in the distance, Meg is watching because she wants to be with Herc, but it's Olympus and honey, you can't go up those stairs. Not if you're mortal. Not if you're mortal. But what does Herc do? Herc is like, you know what? I'm going to keep my power, but then I'm also going to go with Meg. Yep. He basically gives up immortality and being a god yeah. to spend his life with Meg, which is real wholesome. cute. Real wholesome. A nice little button. And then they basically just wrap everything up real quick in a uh, a Star is Born. Yeah. Just a little song. 2018. And that's yep. it. That's the movie. It's great. The it's Titan, so good. Everything about it is cool and fun. And there's a lot of fun history in there. A lot of interesting things at play. Hercules is great. A fun character. Love him when he's skinny. Love him when he's not. There was a whole TV show about him like training as a right, skinny boy. Right, it's like young Herc basically, right? Yeah, I mean they would do that with... This is like the era of Disney where they were like, you know what, we're going to get another movie. Like all the stuff that was then sequelized for DVD or for TV shows. Like a lot of this era, which I would love to dive into at some point. It was just a very weird part of Disney history, yeah, how they're the, monopolizing everything. Yeah, and like the direct-to-video sequels, like the exactly. Aladdin sequels, Lion King one and a half. The Aladdin sequels, Return of Jafar, not that great. King of Thieves, though, when they introduced Aladdin's dad. Wait, no, King of Thieves is good. That was a very That's formative a go- movie. Dad's hot. Hot. Hot dad. Yeah, also I love sort of like, it's kind of like Sinbad-y. It's very Sinbad-y, really which hot. I love. Yeah. Did you use the animated movie Sinbad? Uh, yes. With Brad Pitt voicing the lead character? Yeah, probably a little also too formative for me. Anything that has to do yep. with like pirates or scoundrels, but they're like good people at heart. You're like, oh my I'm God. I'm extremely into it. Yes, Pirates of the Caribbean is kind of like up that alley. Yeah. yeah. It's so fun. Um, So this film, let's do a little wrap up. And I say we're wrap up. Let's say... It's the year 2022 or whatever. Yep. A live action film is coming out, perhaps, yep. of this film. Who are you casting? So this was the Hercules live action adaptation. Not a big surprise to anyone considering Disney's rebooting everything. Just after Aladdin. Um, But it was announced shortly and there was some fake news like a couple of months ago that the mm-hmm. casting had been released or Which that like people not. were in talks. There's literally been nothing. It's, it's silent. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's the Russos directing. The Russos are actually just producing. Oh, they're just, I thought they were directing. No, it's someone what? else. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Cool. Um, so we'll see. Um, I mean, it's still, I don't know. We'll, yeah, see. we'll see. I don't. What have... is your favorite live action animated or live? <laughs> what's your favorite live action? What's your favorite live action adaptation that they've done so far? So far. I liked Jungle Book a lot, mm-hmm. um, but also I kind of have a soft spot for Cinderella because I was just gonna say me too. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, and because the animated movie is so simple, lukewarm, and yeah. just like extremely basic, that it like actually let them like sort of build on it. Totally. And it it's like a seventy-eight like a, minute movie. It's so good. Yeah. It's All like Kate Blanchett. Yes, doing great. Um, Lily James is just beautiful a star is born as Cinderella. yeah she's great she's amazing yeah uh richard madden right is the yeah, prince and yeah. he's a, a cutie yeah, i mean when is richard madden wrong god i love him he should be in everything everything yeah oh, his face can you believe that's just like his face chiseled it's crazy that was me chiseling oh really <laughs> Jordan's making weird hand motions. uh this is audio medium but we love it we uh, love it but i love anyways. that movie because it feels like a typical fairy tale and i feel like this is gonna sound very non-feminist of me yeah. but i feel like there's a worse version when they're like cinderella is now a girl boss and it's like you know you can just make like a fairy tale yeah i want to see her in a pretty dress 
Would Enchanted count as... A, that's not a live-action remake. It's not a remake. Right. Yeah. What's your favorite that they've done? It, I think it is Cinderella, Cinderella or Jungle Book. Yeah. Yeah. I like Jungle Book just because of uh, orangutan Christopher Walken. <laughs> Crazy. Which but is scary. I remember being so blown away by the CGI and it looking about a gazillion times better than The Lion King because yeah. you have like a real kid in the middle of it and yes. the animals are just like a little bit more expressive. They're because a little they human. Because Christopher, like, Christopher Walken looks like Christopher Walken if he was an orangutan. Exactly. But they have to talk to this kid right. who is like being a human yeah it centers the film yeah yeah it's i really like that movie yeah it's not, it's not that bad um but i just want to we should enchanted shout somehow. out to enchanted just shout out to fucking enchanted literally my god it's been a minute since i saw that james marsden could do no wrong oh, our james hero marsden should be an a-list actor and it bugs me that yep. he's not like literally on everybody's top list the star of ever. gross the star of Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. Um, incredible in hairspray, incredible Great. in enchantment. Yeah, I don't know. Has he been bad? No. I feel bad because he gets like fucked over in a lot of movies, especially yes. rom coms. He's yes. always like playing second fiddle, and it's like, why would you not choose James Marsden? Duh. Maybe that the hair. Only exception is the Notebook, where it's like James Marsden or Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Gosling. Yeah. Who should I pick? But yeah, you know, he just seems like a really decent guy, a and I think boy. he deserves more roles. I would like him to have. A, more comedy roles, and then B, also, like, would love to see a dark, dramatic side yes. to him. He's doing some good shit on TV. Westworld, obviously. He's great and dead to me. Um, he's dead on Westworld. That's where he is. Yeah, he's real dead on Westworld. But he's he had a good spot on Mrs. America. Mm. He's just, he's was so he, good. Who, was it, like, a, a real person, or was it... I mean, yeah, he plays, like, a TV show host. Kate cool. Blanchett goes head to head with him a lot. Him as a TV show host, that, like, makes sense. Yeah. He's great. He has like, he just is so good looking. Yeah. He has the Brad Pitt thing of like, he's so good looking that you need to figure out how to use him right. Mm -hmm. Which is why he's so good in Enchanted. Exactly. Because they're like, he's literally he's the a fairy sexy prince. prince. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Anyway, live action casting. Back to live action Hercules. Yeah. So anyway, um, Twitter kind of like threw around the internet, Reddit in general, threw sure. around a lot of live action castings. Do you want to trade off like character to character? I was just going to say, yeah, let's go. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, You go first. All right. So starting off with number one for Hercules. I have Channing Tatum. Oh my God. I love it. I am a, the Channing Tatum stan. I think uh, Hercules needs to be big. I think he needs to be a little dull. And I think it needs to be uh, Magic Mike style Channing Tatum. I'm really obsessed with that because like the kind of like epitome of like live action Hercules is Chris Hemsworth. That he's like a little too old. And, like a little too like. A little too hot. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So like, Channing Tatum like, is like fun. Right? I really like Thank that. You. Um, I would love to see a total unknown for Herc. I feel like there's that nobody that really like jumps off the page to me, although I'm loving Channing Tatum Thank you. Thank for you. this. And I think it would be really cool if they were like, let's just break in a new like super buff star for the internet to obsess over. Totally. That I would also, that make like what they do with Aladdin sort of. Yeah. And I feel like Hercules, I mean, similar to Aladdin, all of these characters are kind of at a weird age where they're like, hey, he's like supposed to be like 18. Yeah. But it's like, ostensibly, I think you would cast someone in their late. 20s which mm -hmm. is actually kind of like a weird zone because most of the 20 year olds you know actors are still playing high schoolers right so by the time you're like allowed to play an adult you're like 30 you're 40. older yeah yeah no so, I totally i agree i would love uh, to see like a total new face that would be fun who is your meg aubrey plaza oh fuck oh that's a really good one wow we differ here who 
uh, Megan Fox. Oh my god! Wait, okay, this is your Channing Tatum, Megan yes, Fox. Yes, this movie is my pitch. Channing Tatum, Megan Fox. Like I was thinking about, it. I have her and Tessa Thompson were my oh, two. Oh, Tessa Thompson would be so fun. But yes. yeah, and I've just been trying to place Megan Fox fan cast in anything. Yes, and I feel like she has this energy, dude. Totally, the the sort of like internet fan cast for Meg have been really just like weird. Yeah, not good. Kaya Scoliero, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but from the Maze Runner and like Skins way back in the day, mm. I saw like um cat denning is and like emma watson was emma watson i know i was like what bella's back i know like ben is not uh, anyways moving on uh hades i mean it has to be jeff goldblum i have defoe or michael keaton defoe is also oh so you just have like the reject voice actors basically yes I i was also thinking defoe i also think i've seen a lot of like people live casting stanley tucci for hermes but i think tucci could pull off a a little bit of the tucci yeah oh my god i I would love love to see stanley tucci Tucci there but that's definitely like the zone i mean you think of like jeff goldblum and thor ragnarok that's like the exact energy you just need like a character actor in that area yeah Yeah. definitely someone that like knows this role and is like not too i guess like pretentious honestly just sort of like like willing to lose himself a little bit yeah yeah uh for phil um i mean how do you recast did you keep danny devito too yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. maybe it's something where like i mean you know he's not on set that much or they like make it kind of like a fully animated character or something it so would, it's i like, feel like it's definitely got to be like if like, you got to make that an animated character else are you gonna cast right no one no one who else is a short little king like i can't imagine just him it has to be Danny. it's Dito. him um uh, who's your zeus kurt russell same who's your we agree with the internet who's your pain and panic um mulaney and oh that's good kroll oh that's fun okay yeah because they're already kind of like a duo like a little haha yeah i have uh frost and pen oh fun yeah wait pen nick nick wait simon peg and nick frost okay pen jesus that's yeah. what i thought you were talking about but uh pen that's uh, fun pen. yeah no i think uh yes because they were they were in um Tintin as yes. like the two cops and like Thompson that and en- Thompson. exactly like that energy is pain yeah. and panic yeah and that's also, like they're probably married same fine. thing for yeah same thing for like Melania and Kroll they've already done a lot of exactly. work together they have oh hello which is great I think that they would like bring some cool fun fresh energy to this exactly How about the muses? Do you have the muses I don't have the muses well I have the muses but do you Brooke? have anybody else before then no oh, okay. storm the dance floor okay here are my muse picks okay this one is a big get because she's already been in Disney but maybe she had such a great time she'll come back Beyonce. Of course, yes. Um, Alicia Keys. Oh, love. Jennifer Hudson, Cynthia Erivo. Okay. And Lizzo. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. I think you could go like a little more of like the entertainer route. Maybe mm-hmm. get like, I don't know, you want maybe like Kalani in there Ooh, or that could Normani. Be fun. Yeah. You could go a little more Janelle poppy. Monet. Janelle Monet. Yeah. 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 I wonder what they'll do. That is but that's super interesting. That's yeah. like the energy that I want is just like yes. five women who we know can like sing, sing yes, and just put them all Get together. Get their voices together. Yeah. Like make it a beautiful harmony. Yeah. Because it's like, not that like, I think any of my picks are like bad actors, but right. it's mostly about vocal talent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah you want to create the sixth harmony, just and like we create presence. the queer quadrant. Yes. 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 Uh, so where would this land on your queer quadrant rating? Mm, okay, so personal rating four and a half. Childhood classic, big a fan. banger. Queer yeah, reading it's like a one. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I would say yeah, four and a half for me as well. Uh, for the queer, I'm, I give it like a a two. A I think solid two. I think a solid two because there is 
so much underlying with Hades. Like there's just a lot going on there. And like, I think it is one of these things that while these Disney films are so queer coded and like, there is a lot underneath the surface, it's never so aggressive that it like overtakes the film itself. But just because it's so baked into the cake that I'm, it's like a two, you yeah. know, like it's just an inherent part to all these movies. Yeah. And it is what makes him fun. I think that's why I like docked it and gave it a one because it's like, it's not exactly like a great representation. Oh, like it's there, all, but yeah. like it's not great. It's not. Yeah. Um, But it's a great movie overall. It's, yeah. No, I'm, I'm an amazing. One of the, one of the good ones that I think gets looked over quite a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot of people just like just this to count it and just say that it's not great. But you know what? Fun fact. It mm-hmm. is. Totally. Did you know that this movie actually opened limited? for two weeks it was limited in um like two theaters Are you, my jaw it dropped yeah what were the crazy? do have the theaters was like did they own the egyptian at this point i don't have what the actual theaters were but in its first week it was like pre-released on june 13th mm-hmm. 97 it went wide on june 27th so for the two weekends before that it was in like one theater and then two theaters but in how much did it make it's run it made 1.5 mil oh, that's pretty good. in those two weekends wow at, three theater uh, two theaters total and then Holy you know shit. it jumped to like two thousand. it was the oh it was the ones in new york city they mm-hmm. like bought out like times square and stuff like that i think there was oh. like a lot of stuff with the release of this film that came in makes sense um that is super interesting though yeah. that's wild that it made 1.5 in three theaters yeah i mean this is like a pretty pretty big hit it made 99 mil domestic um worldwide 250 million which adjusted for inflation is like really good so that's great good yeah. for them and then they never came back to this i mean they had like the show but that's pretty much it like they didn't really they this is nowhere in the theme parks this is nowhere in I merch no there's really nothing for it in no. sort of like the larger disney canon which is crazy it's really weird i mean like when i was like growing up when we went to disney i was looking for this and tarzan stuff and there was never that much yeah. stuff like we like the sort of like underground stuff yeah. Um, you know, the not as popular, you know, properties. Things, yeah. <laughs> it's the indie kid in us. We're the indies. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it is frustrating though. Like I always wish they had more. Yeah. Um, hey, maybe one day. I'm sure the live action will uh, re- oh, revamp a lot of this oh, stuff. Oh, absolutely. Do you want to guess the letterboxed average? Yes, I would like to. Okay. What's your guess? You know what? I'm just going to come right off the bat and guess it. I want to say it was a solid three, five closed answer. That's my final answer. Three, five. Three, six. <laughs> no! No, that's so close. That is close. Be I, proud. I was going to say 3.8 originally. Then I was like, there's no way. three five. Okay, 3.5, three, 3.6. Three, I'm fine with that. Yeah, pretty close. That's good. That's like solid. Very solid. I don't even... It's like weird with animated movies. I'm never sure like how high or low people rate them. I know. I always think that they should be much higher. But there's a lot of people that are like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's like a like three a star, movie three or whatever. Yeah. star. It's a kid's movie. Um, I have a real attachment to this movie, though. Yep. Yeah. I'm glad that me and you were both on the same boat with that. Mm-hmm. So this is our first animated movie that we've covered. We'll this definitely is. be covering more in the future. Like we said, we want to dig into a lot more of like the villainous queer coding and the Disney renaissance and like, you know, just in animated mm-hmm. movies in general. But Disney renaissance has like Specifically, a lot of ground like five that we can cover. Yeah. 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 So we'll be back with this. Totally. We're going to just be digging through this area. Yeah, um, we'll keep following that thread. And so where else could we be following things? Oh my God. What a segue. Talk about a clean in. <laughs> so you can follow us on Twitter I'm at Brooke B. Solomon. At Jordan H. Gus. And together at Queer Quadrant. Beautiful. Um, follow us for that thumb pick of Zeus. And you know, what do we you can cooking? find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe. Toss us a review. Toss us a five star. Tweet at us for what you would like to see us cover general thoughts basically anything that goes through your brain send it to us we would love to hear it 
Um, what are we covering next week? Uh, what if you sat down and interviewed a vampire? Oh my god! But I the feel vampire like was Brad Pitt. If I did that, I would call the movie "Interview yeah. with a Vampire." The Vampire, the vampire Chronicles. Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that we were in the same boat. Um, well, that's what we're covering. So that's next what we're week. going into. Yeah. Um, I'm thrilled chaos a chaos movie can't wait do you want to leave us with any parting thoughts do you want to buy a sundial i do not